0: all right, my next guest, you know, Mark Leishman, Australian golfer. He's playing in Live Golf right now for Ripper GC for Cam Smith's team. And uh, what's going on, Mark? How are you doing, buddy?
1: Yeah, doing good. Yeah, happy to, uh, happy to be home for a bit. And uh, Can't say I'm enjoying this cold weather all that much, but it's a nice excuse to stay inside and watch a bit of basketball, hockey and, and football and all those sort of things.
0: Yeah, well, obviously there's a lot more time off with the live golf schedule you got back to australia i heard for a couple months a good stretch of time we'll get into that but before that you you mentioned colder weather for me the last time i mowed my lawn in fairfax virginia was the end of october and i was i i can't believe it's been almost three months for you you love mowing your lawn that's a big passion of yours keeping up the lawn keeping up the garden um what are you doing with your free time like does it itch at you like how how do you manage everything
1: Yeah, it's uh I'd certainly prefer summer when when the the grass is growing. Um I'm in the same boat probably. I wouldn't have cut it since probably early November. Um so a lot more time, well not I always spend a lot of time with the kids, but um that spare time I'm I'm watching a decent amount of sport actually, so it's been good listening to some um books to sort of grow my uh mental capacity i hope and um yeah i've only just started listening to books so i'm enjoying that and um actually makes the travel go faster too so um yeah fine and learning the guitar so there's a few new things that i'm um that i'm doing learning the guitar with my son ollie and watching a lot of their their basketball games and my daughter cheerleading and all that so it's been awesome
0: so as you and and ollie learn guitar like what what kinds of you know, there are certain types of songs, certain genre that you lean towards. You trying to influence them towards like rock songs or, or how, how does that happen?
1: Well, he loves Green Day, actually. So he's, <laughs> he was excited uh, a few days ago when the new album come out, Friday morning. Um, so we've been listening to a lot of that. Um, I'm not really good enough to learn. To, well, I'm, I know a couple of parts of songs. Uh, I know a bit of good riddance and we're learning a few Green Day songs. So um, they use a lot of power chords. So I'm... Um, <laughs> I'm trying to learn that. I've, I haven't got the flexibility in my wrists and my fingers, so I find it hard to to hit the right strings and get some awkward, some very weird sounds come out. But uh, it's something that's pretty pretty rewarding when you do hit that right tune.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Good Riddance. Like I I was born in '84, so not that that's right in that time. Growing up in the mid '90s, I was that was one of the first songs I learned to play on guitar with my brother, my older brother. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just funny. I, I guess. For you, like when you think of younger, your younger years as a teen, like what were
1: the groups that you were listening to a lot in Australia? I was not into music at all um, growing up. So my first um, CD that I bought was actually, it was either Green Day or Good Charlotte. I was, um, yeah, Green Day, Good Charlotte, and that was about it. Uh, I'd, I'd listen to everything, but you know, on the radio, but I never really had music going at the house, you know, in my room or anything, I was always out doing something outside. So I never really knew song names or band names apart from, you know, the couple of favorites that I had.
0: Hmm. Well, speaking of the younger years, I think of your home club growing up uh, where, where you where you learned the game. Had you had a chance when you visited Australia the last couple months, have you had a chance to go back and play some rounds over there? Have you had any kind of sentimental uh,
1: memories, moments to kind of relive? Yeah, yeah, we, um, we live very close to the golf course. Well, our house in Australia is very close to the golf course. Um, so my oldest boy, he's um, he's right into golf as well. He's basketball and golf. And um, so we actually played quite a lot of golf there. And um, we, we had a round over at Port Ferry, which is about 20 minutes away, uh, a Lynx course. So, um, yeah, we enjoy a hit when we're down there and uh, a lot of great memories, especially with him now, like him being 12. Um, just memories come flooding back of when i was a kid and now i'm watching my son do it and i know dad's my dad is sort of reliving it for the second time so um yeah it's uh it's good to get back there and play a bit of golf and just catch up with all the all all my old friends and um you know the familiar faces around the golf club what's
0: a favorite story growing up from around that, that home golf club for you
1: um I remember I I scared the crap out of my dad one time. We, uh, As everyone knows about the the venomous snakes and spiders and all that sort of thing, and we used to get quite a lot of snakes over there. Um, there was a tiger snake on, on one hole. Someone had already found it and um, sort of knocked it on the head, um, oh. and I thought it would be pretty funny to, to pick it up and um, put it in my golf bag and, and take it home and lay it out in the backyard. Um when so our mum and dad's kitchen window faces the backyard and um it, i remember he was just mortified that i'd bought this tiger snake <laughs> home it was it was dead but um yeah he was uh it was fairly it was very funny actually so um yeah i it was and yeah that was an interesting one but you know a, a good mate of mine leroy we used to go there and have chipping comps around all the different greens and we'd be climbing trees and hitting shots out of trees and just, yeah, great memories like that.
0: So what did your dad tell you when you brought it home? Like, what just, what what did he say?
1: I was like, obviously he probably knew that I wouldn't be, you know, stupid enough to, uh, to pick up a live one. Um, but he was, <laughs> yeah, he just probably called me an idiot and we had a laugh about it. I and mean, we still laugh about it now actually, but, um, yeah, it was uh, probably not my smartest move but because, um, you know, if, uh, if it happened to have been alive, which it wasn't, but very clearly wasn't alive when I found it. But, um, you know, if they, if they bite you, you're, you're probably going to die. So going close to them is probably not the greatest idea.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of snakes, um, I had heard that there was a time when you played a round of golf and your son was with you and you got bit by a snake during that round. How do you recall that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was caddying for him um, at the first tee in Virginia Beach, actually, and um, it was the first hole, and um, the lad he was playing with hit it into the long grass up the left. And, um, of course, you know, you don't want to lose a golf ball, so we go over and look for it. It was in the middle of summer, and um, the snake snapped me right on the Achilles, got me, you know, started bleeding, and uh, so it was there was two fang marks, so it's probably poisonous. Um, and then I started on that green. I started feeling really lightheaded and dizzy. And I'm like, so I said to the dad, I'm like, that it was caddying for the other dad that was caddying. I'm like, mate, I said, I've just got bitten by a snake. If I pass out, call call an ambulance because, yeah, like it's probably not going to be good. The, the hospital was very close, so it was probably a mile away. Um, And then about three holes later, I thought I was going to vomit and I'm, I was feeling really sick. And then it just passed; it was gone. And um, I had this massive lump on my leg for about probably three months; um, it wouldn't go away. And then woke up one morning, and it was gone. So um, it was probably lucky it got me right on the Achilles because there was no flesh for the venom to get into. So um, yeah, I was pretty lucky with that one.
0: Man, and, and and you mentioned Virginia Beach there, where where you live now with your your wife Audrey and your your three kids so virginia beach the i heard the course you play out of is is not necessarily a private course right isn't it
1: virginia beach national is not a public course yeah that's a public course yep so i'll play there and then i'll play up at bayville as well which is um it's about 40 minutes from my house um but there where i play probably most of my golf is yeah virginia beach national which is a public course it used to be the tpc virginia beach um but really good golf course it's long the greens are always perfect the the superintendent, does an amazing job out there. And um, yeah, the, the, it's a really good golf course, and it's five minutes from my house, so um, it's a it's a pretty good spot to play it.
0: You know, being as laid back as you are, doesn't it kind of make sense, like for golf fans when they hear, oh, you know, Mark Leishman, yeah, you know, he he plays at a public course, just five da- miles, five minutes away from his house. He's not playing at a country club. He's not right up there at Augusta National. You know what I mean? Like he's not. Uh, he's just one of the boys like does does that kind of make sense i guess uh when when you hear it that way
1: yeah i mean it's probably um you know we're we're lucky we've got a few really good places here that i can play at and um and i love them all but i think i i fit in pretty well with the with the public you know at at a public course you know i grew up um my dad was a bricklayer mum was a nurse and um working class family i still feel like obviously my situation's changed a, a bit now but um I still certainly value the, um, or know the value of a dollar and, um, I, I relate to the people out there a, a whole lot and, uh, really enjoy my time there and, and at Bayville.
0: Yeah. And, and while in Virginia beach, you know, you guys have your begin again foundation for you and your wife started, uh, Audrey, you got your birdies and beers golf tournament. Usually that's in May, I think, right. In the spring.
1: Yeah, normally um, we it's going to be in August this year. Uh, we had to change it up just we we didn't know what the schedule was going to be for live, and um, so we're doing it. Believe it's the eleventh of August this year. So um, at Virginia Beach National. So it's um, yeah, it's going to be a, a hopefully another very successful event, and um, we can help a lot of families um, with all the proceeds that we that we make out of it.
0: Yeah. And, and I know it's, it's an event that gets a lot of, um, you know, you had a nationals player, Ryan Zimmerman, I think was there last year. Right.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. We have a, a really good crew of people that, that come and play. Um, and your yeah, teammates
0: be, from live, right. Like Cam Smith and those guys as well.
1: Yeah. They all came. Harold Varner comes, um, every year. And, uh, we all sort of try and, you know, scratch each other's back. I guess you could say, you know, I'll play yours if you play mine. And, um, it's uh yeah it's it's a fun day, and it's just nice to be able to you know give back and um you know help help the other guys as well with with their foundations and you know to we really we do realize that we're pretty lucky to be in the situation that we're in and to be able to help people that really need it um is is a pretty good feeling you know it's obviously it's great for the families who we help, but it's I think selfishly it feels nice to do it as well,
0: yeah oh that's awesome to give back and like are you able to like spend some some time with these families while you're at this event like or or is it is it just kind of depending on on who shows up that day like how is that structured
1: yeah no we um always you know take time to try and spend time as much you know as much time as we can with the families who who have helped or um you know it's all over the country and um so you know, a lot of them we don't get to meet, but um, you know, like we just did a visit to the Monash Children's Hospital in Melbourne um, last month um, to to see what they do, and we're now funding their social work department. So um, it's nice to just go there and see where your money is, how it's helping people, and um, it really makes you realise how fortunate you are when you see you know some of the in the Monash Children's Hospital, some of the kids in there, how, how, uh, how sick they are and and what they have to, what they have to go through every day. Um, so it puts, um, puts things into perspective a bit too, which perspective is a pretty good thing.
0: Yeah, no, it always is definitely to, to have more perspective and, um, see other people's opinions, other thoughts. Um, well, uh, I want to go back to the old days. You as a young pro, you and your boy, Maddie Kelly, uh, get out there. And at the time, it was a nationwide tour, right? And as I gathered, it sounded like at, at a certain point, credit cards, you guys were starting to max out some cards. And it was, you know, you're getting to that point where maybe we got to go back to Australia. Maybe this isn't really going to work. Kind of take us through that that process right th- before that first win that kind of changed things.
1: Yeah, so um, Maddie came over early in that, uh, I think it was 2008, Um for caddy for me um and he maxed out two credit cards between i think it was march and it was i think it was early september he sort of said to me he's like look i've i've spent all the money i've got i've maxed out two credit cards i'm gonna have to go home and get a job um and i'm sort of like you know that's terrible i wish i could have played better sort of thing but can you just give us a couple more weeks i'll you know sort of spot you for a couple of weeks right. and um I think we finished second that next week, and then I won the week after. I think I won by ended up winning by eleven that next week, which was um, which was pretty cool to and to be able to do that for Maddie That paid off his credit cards and, and a bit extra. And then um, you know, if he had gone home, he wouldn't have been still caddying for me now. That's for sure. So he's um, yeah, he's from what looked like it was going to be about a six month a six month um, adventure expensive adventure it turned into a, a career for him
0: yeah and and which one of those events was it after you guys won was it when he won by 11 or was it your 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 t12 at sony maybe the next year where he just chucked a ton of milk like give, give us that story
1: yeah so um it was my first PJ tour event um i finished 12th at the at the sony open and uh, i remember i won i think it was ninety two thousand um, yeah. dollars. And we felt like the two richest blokes in the world. Um, we had a red eye home um, back to back to the, the mainland, um, where I was an alternate for the um, Bob Hope Classic. And um, I remember we, we were killing time, and he goes into one of them ABC stores and um, <laughs> buys a gallon of milk. And I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you?" He's like, "What? No, we, we have to go to the beach." I'm like. All right. So we go down to the beach and he, he just chugged the whole bottle of milk, the whole gallon. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? And it was dark. And then he stuck his fingers down his throat and it was just a projectile throw up um, oh, God. all over the beach. And I remember I was on the ground rolling around in the sand from laughing. Um, and I still remember that flight. You don't remember too many flights, but I remember that flight because I had sand all over me because we'd already checked out of our hotels. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a pretty interesting, uh, celebration, but one that I'll certainly never forget. And, and neither will he. Oh
0: my God. That is crazy that, that, that he did that. Well, I mean, I guess it's gotta be a financial relief at a certain point too, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, we were st- Obviously, that was my well first ever. It was my first event in my rookie year, and um, you know, you don't know how you're going to go. You don't know how you're going to go against the big boys, and um, that was a a nice way to to get things started that year. And um, you know, obviously, know, yeah, went on from there.
0: Yeah, and, and I go back uh, just the next year, I think, oh9 you had a good run where you got into the PGA Tour playoffs. You had a, kind of a Cinderella run there, and you got to play with Tiger Woods. Um, what was kind of your your feelings, emotions, nerves like playing with Tiger for the first time?
1: Yeah, it was great. Um, it was sort of interesting, those, those playoffs, because I, I think I was – I just snuck into the second one, the second playoff event, uh, which was Boston, and I remember I had to finish – well I remember Eagle the last in on Sunday to to get to number 69 to get into the BMW championship. And then um so I felt like I was just playing with sort of house money then. And I had to finish I think it was second or better to to get to the tour championship. And that's all I was thinking about. I'm like, he's got to finish, you know, have a good week. I wasn't thinking about any consequences for bad shots. I was doing that. So I had a good week and um Anyway, after three rounds, um, turns out I get paired with Tiger in the last group. He was, um, I think, maybe six in front or, you know, a long way in front. And I remember the, the most nervous I'd ever been was on the on the first tee that day. Um, I remember I it was a dogleg left, but I'd been hitting three wood off all week. And I said to Maddie, I'm like, I don't know if I can hit three wood. I think I, I, might, I might actually miss it. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I need to hit something with a big head um anyway I, I ended up hitting three wood um and hit a good shot and had had a good day to finish uh finish second but um yeah it was a pretty cool day it was um nice to uh to play with him obviously and have a front row seat to to him when he was you know really pretty much in his prime
0: yeah I mean oh nine my God yeah that's right. Right in that, that stretch, he would have just won the US Open a year before and had yeah. a really good, really good year uh, there as well. Um, is there another player that comes to mind, whether a legend from over the years or, or just a, a, another player of Tigers' caliber that really was just like, man, I, I don't know how uh, this it was as nervous as I can get, just even meeting them or, or
1: playing with them? Um, No, I think Tiger – I mean, I, the first time I played with Greg Norman, um, I played with him at the Australian PGA. I idolized him growing up. Um, remember, I played with him at the Australian PGA. But I, I'd I'd had a decent. I'd been on tour for a few years at that point and played with Tiger a couple of times. And um, certainly wasn't as nervous as I was with uh, with Tiger. But yeah, no, I think you know Tiger's the the one that you you know everyone wants to play with. And when he's you know particularly when he's playing well he's, he's a, he's fun to play with.
0: Yeah. Another big, big gun during the tiger era was Ernie Els. And, um, a friend of ours, Johnny Leonard asked me to ask you, uh, uh, that you had said that you had definitely didn't want to ride, uh, in Ernie's, uh, plane. <laughs> from what you had heard. I mean, where would that have come from?
1: Yeah. You hear a few stories, um, <laughs> about the lads that, uh, that ride with him in his plane. There, are um, they, they've, I'm sure, that you've probably heard him before, but I remember there's one in a book somewhere that I've actually heard from Steve Marino himself. Um, I guess Ernie likes to uh have a few beers on his plane, and um, normally it ends up in, in a bit of a wrestle, so um, yeah, it's uh pretty um, I mean, I certainly would have done it, I would have gone, I would have loved to have gone on his plane, but uh, yeah, it was um, it turns out that. If you go on there, you're normally wrestling or, you know, the, getting told off by the pilots because of all the movement.
0: Oh, my God. Um, in your earlier years playing, when you went to Korea and played, uh, I had heard from, from from our friend Johnny that there were people that would sometimes take your golf ball after a drive. You know what I mean? Like you would get up to the ball or, you know, after walking 300 yards, I'm like, whoa, where, where'd it go? What happened? Like how? what was behind that?
1: Yeah, so my first event on the Korean tour was, um, it was, I was leading after two rounds, and, um, I remember playing the third hole of the third round, and I was, I was still leading, and I remember I hit a three iron down the middle of the fairway, get down there, and my ball's gone. I'm like, where's my ball? I'm getting, I'm real, like, you know, where's my ball? And they're like, yeah, yeah it's back here, it's 50 yards back on the other side of a cart path, and it was, there was one tree and it was right behind it like dead behind it so I called the rules official and um he said I had to play it so I had to chip it out left-handed and um oh, what? and then ended up I didn't win the tournament I ended up finishing I think third um and then but the next week I I I was so determined I remember that um I'm like I, I just want to get so far in front that if you do throw my ball under the trees again I'm going to still win I remember I won by 11. So um, it was a nice way to, to start um, start my Korean tour campaign, I guess. And um, as soon as I – because foreigners didn't really play on the Korean tour at the time. Um, there wasn't too many, and we weren't accepted very well early on. And, and then I won that second event, and then I, it was like I was one of them. It was amazing, the switch, um, which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that, that is pretty amazing. What was the event where you won by 11 again?
1: It was called the G-SAN Resort Open. Gosh. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow, another part of your career back uh, back in those early years. Um, you know, when you look at right now, fast forward to Live, live Golf and, and where you are now um, coming up, like how much are you looking forward to kind of the season? We got some different courses kind of on the schedule. Like what, what are you looking forward to?
1: Yeah, I mean, last year was um, an amazing year. I, I had – on and off the golf course it was well certainly off the golf course it was the most fun I've, I've ever had um and then on the golf course I, I actually played some pretty good golf um had a, my putter wasn't where I wanted it to be uh early in the year and then sorted that out my coach come over and worked it out in about 10 minutes um so yeah I'm really <laughs> looking forward to hopefully putting a whole um a whole year together where I can um have you know close to my best stuff and um you know playing new golf courses traveling to new places that i haven't been to around the world um and just being in that team atmosphere um you know traveling with the with the boys and uh, and and then the caddies and it's just it's one big team and it's just so much more fun when you do it that way compared to doing it by yourself uh, i'm i'm finding particularly at this stage of my career um you know i'm a bit older now and um I've done the done it by myself for quite a while, and really, really enjoying the, the change.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and obviously, like, there's I gotta believe there's a lot of camaraderie with you guys. You said this is one of the most fun times you had well, it was last year. Like, what what is that like? That 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 dynamic for you guys as Ripper GC? Like, having Cam there, having having you there. You I mean, you guys have won events together before too. Um, not just last year, but you guys won in New Orleans, at Zurich.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You know, the camaraderie amongst the teams is, is really good. And, um, even, you know, amongst the the tour, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty cool. Cause it's sort of like, we're all, all on one big team sort of, you know, um, with all the controversy that's been going on around the, the two different tours. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's been, been a lot of fun and, you know, having said that, I, I loved my time on the PGA Tour as well. I was um, just, it, it, was, it was different, but it was really good. I loved it. And um, just, but this change at, at this stage of my career with the young kids and all that, it's uh, it's nice to be spending a bit more time at home and um, being able to see them grow up and um, on top of, you know, the, all the other positives that, um, that comes along with it.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned kind of some controversy between the two entities, right? Like Live Golf and MPJ Tour. Like, what, Where do you see all this going, like in terms of the future of the pro game? Like what would you like to see kind of in terms of an end product?
1: Yeah, I don't know how it's going to look, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing at the moment. Um, You know, if it does come back together, I could see myself playing a few events on the tour, um, but, you know, mostly live just because I did in, I'm i enjoying the lighter schedule so much. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't heard too much. It's, you know, you read a bit of stuff, but it, um, you don't really know what to believe and what not to believe. So I'm sort of just uh, letting it all take its course and um, I'll play wherever I'm wherever I'm allowed. Yeah. Did you read the
0: comments from uh, Rory last week about like in his mind, he thinks the future of golf should be kind of a premier league type of setup. Um, did you kind of come across that article at all? About I, I did. Yeah. Belt? Yeah. what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know how that would look, um, you know, whether by the sound of what he wants, he wants the PGA tour to have, you know, nine months and then live to have one or two. Um so I I don't know how that'd work, and you know, obviously, you need to know all the details to have a uh, constructive conversation on it, um, which I, I don't know all the details. But um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that the you know playing around the world throughout the year is is a good thing. What lives doing, and um, you know, the PGA Tour has been predominantly based in the in America the last um, well since its inception, really. So um, I think I think there's room for both of them, but how, how it all works with, with them both, I don't really know. Yeah. Well,
0: in terms of how it, it all works
1: for this year, like how many teams,
0: players per event are, are you guys anticipating?
1: From what I hear, it's going to be 13 teams. Um, so 52 players on teams and then two, sort of two wild teams type thing which i don't know if they're going to um do a qualifier or how they're going to fill those last two spots um but that's what i've that's what i've heard i think there was some sort of press release a couple of weeks ago about that or a week ago um and but like i say i haven't heard from the from the horse's mouth yet so i don't don't know what's true and what's not true yeah so when it comes to like wild cards that would just be like just
0: depending on that tournament it sounds like for that given week or
1: yeah i don't know i mean yeah i don't know how they're going to fill the last couple uh of spots because um you know if there's 13 teams what's that 52 players leaves a couple of groups of two out there which you probably don't really want um you know and if you have the the reserves that are there for that given week maybe they play or or you have, you know, if you're in Japan or wherever you are, um, Hong Kong have their best player, or have in Australia have the winner of their money list. I don't know how it works, but mm. um, I think there's certainly um, room there for something pretty creative and, um, you know, potentially pretty exciting for for locals and um, and for pro golfers who you know have a chance to to play in a live event too.
0: Yeah. And, and of those events uh, as i look ahead early in the schedule there it is again uh you've got adelaide you guys going back to after that run you guys had uh, back in australia there last year like how much you look forward to this one
1: yeah can't wait that was um that was one of the coolest weeks i've ever had on a golf course <laughs> uh having that support and um great golf course great you know entertainment off the course um, just the atmosphere around the the whole week was was pretty special. Uh, something I've certainly never experienced. Uh, felt like I was, um, you know, a rock star for a week. You know, you couldn't go anywhere without getting um, getting asked for pictures and autographs and all that, which was which was really cool um, for a week. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting back there and and doing it all again. And hopefully we can uh, have a really good week as a team, and and well, hope hopefully me as an individual as well. Yeah, and, and you speaking of being a celebrity,
0: you were asked to drink beer out of a shoe uh, back, back yeah. in the, Live Adelaide last year. You know, like what what, what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I, I prefer to drink a beer out of a glass or a can, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was a it was an ice cold beer when it as it was going into the shoe, and then as it was coming out, it was lukewarm and not <laughs> very nice. So. Uh, but you know sometimes you got to do things to for the crowd and um that was one of those things um it was so much fun though like some really cool pictures and a great memory for myself and uh, it was funny the the premier of South Australia was it was the the state that Adelaide's in um basically like the governor he uh he was egging me on to do it before I did it so I, I had to do it <laughs> Yeah, and
0: Australia has been so starved for for, for big events again outside of their uh, that summer, you know, the summer goal.
1: Yeah, and particularly Adelaide. Um, actually, the year I got my um, PGA Tour card through the Nationwide Tour, that was the last event, professional event, um, well, big professional event that was in Adelaide. So, and that was in two thousand and eight. So, um, wow. for them to to be able to have that there, I mean, they support sport unbelievably well and um, you know we, I've, I'd go you know last year I went over there for, the, for a cricket match it's a six hour drive and I went there just for one day of cricket so oh it's it's a it's a pretty awesome place and, um, and a place I, I really enjoy going to and can't wait to get back there.
0: Yeah um, do you guys have your fourth player in place yet for, for, for GC?
1: I think so I think so. I don't know. I don't think I'm allowed to say it. I don't think they've they haven't um, they haven't announced it, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but it's an okay. Australian. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like if, for, if for golf fans, I'm curious. Like when they follow other sports, whether it's footy in in Australia or, or whether they follow NBA basketball, NHL, like um, contracts are always like right up you know, you can go and read what, what, what player's commitment and contract is. And whereas with golf, it's been a little more closer, sorry, live golf's been a little more closer to the vest in terms of this player signed for this many years and this much money. Like what, what do you think that is? Or like, you know, what's been your perspective on that?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. I guess, um, similar with endorsements and that sort of thing, isn't it? With golfers, you know, you hear all the numbers with, um, you know, the NBA players and the footballers and all that with even their endorsements for a lot of the time. And golfers, you don't really, unless you're, you know, Tiger, I guess, you know, they seem to publicize that. But, um, yeah, we sort of, there's still a little bit of um, privacy, I guess, with that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know why, but, yeah, just different, I guess.
0: Yeah and obviously like of recently players who've been approached by Liv you think of like Fleetwood and Hatton who've been in the news about at least having been approached and talking to Liv um how is that having been a player who's gone through that like what is that what is that experience like when you are approached and how does that process happen like
1: yeah it was um well mine was a little different I guess just being an Australian and Knowing Greg a little bit, I mean, he called me, and um, it all happened very quickly. Um, probably within, I'd say, three or four days. It was went from almost like, you know, zero to hundred. I guess. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was, it was very quick, very efficient. Um, I mean, there was, you know, apart, you know, because it's a big decision doing making that change um particularly when you know I had a few years exemption on the on the tour still and um a lot of things I had to weigh up and um you know positives and negatives and what you know what's going to come of it and because it was a big risk early on I feel like for a golfer um making that jump but it was um it, it was a really good one I certainly yeah they they made it as easy as it could have been.
0: Yeah. Just in terms of just signing up, getting on the, on the, on the team and.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, I was going to say just kind of in closing, um, you know, before we go, uh, this is funny thing to ask you about, but, uh, our our mutual friend, Johnny Leonard said that you are unbelievable at making coffee. (laughs) 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 What's your
1: response? Oh, I wouldn't say unbelievable. I'm <laughs> better than average, I suppose. <laughs> the uh, the crocodile and undie quote, but um, no, I, yeah, no, I, we got a good coffee machine downstairs in the pantry, and I can get a bit of latte art on there most of the time. Um, make it make it for Audrey every morning. So um, yeah, I, I enjoy doing it. That's I like doing things for other people, and that's one of the things that whenever people come and stay here, they, they always get a, a latte in the morning. Nice. And, and for the majors coming up, will you be
0: playing? I know I, I, I talked with you during the U.S. Open qualifier earlier this year, but is the plan to go through some qualifiers in the meantime? Or
1: Yeah, planning to do both the U.S. Open and the British Open at this stage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, last year did U.S. Open unsuccessfully, and then um, had to with well, be- the couple of days before I had to withdraw from the um, from the British Open qualifier. I had no clubs or clothes, so that was going to be a tough <laughs> one. <laughs> Wait, yeah. you didn't?
0: What, what didn't you have?
1: I didn't have cl- uh, my suitcase. Never got to London. Uh, sorry, so I had no, I had nothing. Yeah, so it was. Oh my um, God. Yeah, Dude. so that was. Uh, it's tough to do a 36 hole qualifier with someone else's clubs or, or a makeup set. So I thought that would be a, um, I thought I'd save some energy and not do that. You and said then I ended that- up finished second in London that week. So it turned out, um, turned out pretty well.
0: Well, good stuff, Mark. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Uh, great to catch up again with you here uh,
1: on the podcast, buddy. Yeah, no worries. Good chatting.